Ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. However you're taking in the podcast, whether it's on grizzlybearblues.com, on Megaphone, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, however you are subscribed and tune in to what we are doing here on the newest edition of GBB Live, it is appreciated that you are spending your time with us. Ways to get in touch with the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Molinax, M-U. L-L-I-N-A-X. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at GBB Live. And of course, the main site Twitter handle for grizzlybearblues.com is at SBN Grizzlies. A really fun show for you this week. Uh, because of some scheduling issues, once again, only one guest, but that's all right. He is one heck of a guest, one whale of a guest, and I'm excited to bring him on in the next segment. But first, I do want to give a shout-out since this segment is supposed to be a time where I bring on a GB beer and we talk about the site and some of the articles that are up there and how it connects to the current state of the Memphis Grizzlies. I do want to give a shout-out to a couple of posts in particular and make sure that we kind of take a look at how they impact the current state of the Grizzlies. So the first one is more of a generic overall kind of question reflecting on the era that has just recently ended in the past couple of years in Memphis. Uh, Shout out to Nate Chester who had a best of SB Nation NBA post talking about Mike Conley and his argument for Captain Clutch, our conductor, being the greatest Grizzly of all time. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, I think that you need to look at Marcus Gasol in terms of his accolades, defensive player of the year, all-NBA, all-star, all-star starter. He is the most decorated, but it also comes down to how you define greatness, right? If you look at Mark's career in terms of accolades, in terms of actual impact ability on both ends of the floor, it's pretty hard to argue against him, in my opinion. I mean, he his 2012 2013 campaign was about as impressive a run of basketball on both offensive and defensive ends of the court as has ever been seen in Memphis and may ever be seen again. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. seems like he might have the physical capacity to be able to live up to that, but he, he obviously hasn't done it yet. Mark has, and to me it's hard to argue against Marcus Gasol, but if you're looking at greatness in terms of overall impact, I think you have to make an argument for Zach Randolph. He was the early burden carrier for these Grizzlies. Marcus All wasn't able to bear that load. Mike Conley wasn't able to carry the load by himself. Zach Randolph was. Zach Randolph was there in that playoff run, that very first one, to be Super Zebo, to get the ball in the post, to get it in isolation, and be able to get a bucket, to be able to clean the glass. Zach was there. And you can make a very real argument that that era of Grizzlies basketball does not exist without both of Zach's playing ability and his mental capacity to carry and develop that team's culture. Shout out to Tony Allen. He deserves credit for that as well, of course. There's no grit and grind without T.A. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge Tony Allen was very limited offensively. While Zach was limited on the defensive side of the court, he was still such a force offensively that it negated that a good bit when Zach was in his prime, those early years of grit and grind with Memphis. So it really is an interesting question. I wanted to shout out Nate on that article. He did a great job. I think you can argue it one of three ways. He does a great job arguing for Conley, the idea of the hero's journey, drafted by Memphis, spends his entire career in Memphis at least to this point. Good chance that he'll be on the trade block again this summer. But a really good article to check out makes you think who you think 
the greatest Grizzlies player of all time is? Uh, a pretty fascinating question. My vote would be Marcus All, but I could hear arguments for Conley as Nate discusses in his post, as well as Zach Randolph. And then the second article I want to bring up that directly impacts the Grizzlies moving forward is the announcement by Memphis on Tuesday that C.J. Miles was likely going to miss the rest of the season due to a stress reaction in his foot. Now, the Grizzlies are still trying to convey this pick, and it's not going to get any easier losing a veteran wing who had found a bit of his shooting stroke once again after the trade. He was playing good basketball for Memphis on both ends of the floor. Now, it was inconsistent, but you could say that about the entire team outside of Mike Conley. He was doing good things, both in terms of stretching the floor as a stretch four when he was given that opportunity to play those types of minutes. Even as a wing, he was defending relatively well, except for the past couple of games. He was finding his shooting range, as I discussed a moment ago, and he looked the part of an NBA rotational player, even if it's on a team that isn't necessarily super successful like the Grizzlies. So it's really an interesting viewpoint to see him go down, somebody that you already kind of assumed was going to opt into that player option on his contract, now that's even more of a guarantee. You know, he's going to come in, uh, while this doesn't sound to be a, a very serious injury, it's going to be an opportunity for him to guarantee himself more money in one year than he'll probably ever make again in one year, possibly if he's on veteran minimums the rest of his career, uh, possibly more than he'll make the rest of his NBA career. So he's going to opt into that contract. You can figure he's either going to be traded by the Grizzlies at some point or he's going to be a part of this roster. You want him to get healthy. But on the grander scale, even though it's not necessarily good for the conveyance of the pick, now you can see more Bruno. Cabaclo, excuse me. Now you can see more Javon Carter. Now you can see more Tyler Dorsey. You can try to figure out what you have in these younger fringe players once the Memphis hustle, hopefully, playoff run is over and they make the playoffs in the postseason and they go on a run. You'll have Utah back. You know, you'll have Washburn back. Those guys, those two-way players with the hustle. So you have multiple pieces and opportunities for guys that could take advantage of these minutes that CJ is vacating. But at the same time, they're young players. They're going to make mistakes. In some cases, they're going to make stupid mistakes. And it's not necessarily going to be what's best for business if the business is to convey that first-round pick to Boston this year. So C.J. Miles was the major news. And shout-out to Justin Lewis for posting a news article about that over at grizzlybearblues.com. There's other great articles actually taking a look at what it will take to convey that pick, some of the teams that are in the mix with Memphis that can maybe lend a helping hand to get that pick sent out to the Celtics this summer. I wrote about what a Grizzlies rebuild could indeed look like, why they should focus on restricted free agents if they're going to go the free agency route. Obviously still looking to acquire young players. Restricted free agents is a good way to do that. A great example is Kyle Anderson. You know, There's lots of great content over at grizzlybearblues.com, as there always is. I can't recommend it enough, and I'm thankful for the awesome staff that I have over there working with me to put out the best Grizzlies content that we can possibly put out. And Grizzly Bear Blues Live and its expansion and its change to this type of podcast, no longer recording live on Blog Talk Radio, is another great example of that. Because of the switch in format, we are now able to schedule and record and get different types of guests on the show. And when we come back, our first guest that is like that from the Grizzlies organization, because again, and I understand it completely, it's hard to get folks online at 9 or 10 o'clock at night when I would be recording on Blog Talk Radio. So now it's an opportunity to get guys during their workday 
to have a chat with me, talk about their experience in Memphis, talk about being a Memphis Grizzly, all sorts of fun things. We're going to have more guests like this down the road, but he's the very first of this relaunch of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. He plays the wing for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's one of those guys who got traded for Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple coming to the Grizzlies from the Clippers. He's had a bit of a renaissance, and we talk about Memphis being the land of the opportunities in the NBA. He's one of the latest examples of taking advantage of that. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. When we come back, you'll hear my conversation with Avery Bradley. Do not go anywhere. Stick with GBB Live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I have a treat for you today. Again, very excited as we expand uh, GBB Live and, and our podcast network over at grizzlybearblues.com. An opportunity to chat with one of the great acquisitions that the Grizzlies uh, managed to get at the trade deadline this year. A player who has, you know, for the first several years of his career was pretty settled in Boston. And then he's uh, moved around a little bit since then. But the Grizzlies have been fortunate to have him. He's done some really good things in Memphis so far. And I'm sure he will as the season concludes. Mr. Avery Bradley. Avery, thank you so much for your time today joining us on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, first things first, I kind of want to just get your feel for what it's like playing on a team in Memphis. Because, again, as I mentioned, you were in Boston for several years. You were in Detroit, then the Clippers, of course, and then the trade to bring you to the Grizzlies. Uh, when you arrived in Memphis, how familiar were you with the situation in terms of, obviously, the rumors circulating around Marcus Gasol, um, the Grizzlies in general, Mike Conley? You know, the situation going on in Memphis, how familiar were you with what the Grizzlies were? Obviously, with the Clippers, you played them in the West Conference, Western Conference. Um, but as a member of the Boston Celtics, maybe you didn't see them as often. So how familiar were you with Mike Conley and the Grizzlies coming into Memphis? I'm pretty familiar um, with their identity um, and with a few players on the team. Obviously, Mike, um, you know, Gasol um, at the time. You know, I knew that they had a, you know, grit grind mentality going into every single game. And I knew they were a very um, – well-coached, um, hard-working team. At the beginning of the year, we played them here um, when I was with the Clippers, and they battled us pretty hard, and they they beat us pretty good. And, um, you know, it's just a respectable um, organization. And once I found out that I was going to be a part of, um, you know, the Grizzlies, I was excited about it, and I knew I would fit in perfectly. You mentioned that you're fitting in perfectly. And just, again, if you go by the numbers, like the base statistics, and then obviously with your eyes, just watching you play, you, you look far more comfortable in Beale Street Blue than you did in Los Angeles. How much of that is role, the opportunity to have maybe more consistent playing time? You know, what is making it so that you appear to be so much more comfortable playing with the Grizzlies as opposed to the Clippers, at least to this stage of your run in Memphis? Yeah, you know, not to take anything away from the Clippers, but, you know, every team, every role is different um, depending on, you know, um, varies by organization slash, you know, what the coach and the team needs from you. And Clippers, my role was more just being a defensive stopper every single game and, um, you know, every now and then being a defensive stopper and a cutter um, for spacing for the team. And, here, my role changed. It was similar to my Boston role, just going out there, being aggressive, um, not only on the defensive end, but on the offensive end as well, and just letting the game come to me, but having confidence in um, the opportunity. I always tell people, you know, that's what it's about, this game. It's just confidence and 
JB has given me that, and he's given me an opportunity to go out there and show what I can do. And that opportunity has really paid off both for the Grizzlies and you. You've done a tremendous job scoring the basketball. And for a team, obviously, without Marcus Gasol, who was never a true scorer in the way that maybe fans wanted him to be, uh, you've really kind of opened people's eyes to the kind of player that you can be moving forward in this system. With the rest of the uh, season ahead of you, and you look at the schedule and you see the way things that are kind of shaking out. Obviously, the news came out uh, today that C.J. Miles would be out for the rest of the season, likely out for the rest of the season due to a foot injury. How do you see yourself fitting alongside guys, you know, your situation in terms of your contract, multiple player options? You know, how do you you mentioned opportunity a moment ago, and I've written about for the blog how when you have a bunch of guys in the wake of a trade deadline and all the different moves that have been made, obviously you're professionals, you're playing at the highest level of basketball that you can possibly play. How do you guys kind of continue to find that mixing and meshing when you're not sure necessarily where you'll be in the next few months? Do you just kind of focus on the moment? Yes, um, you know, all, all of that is out of our control as players. All we can do is focus on how hard we play. That is in our our, our control. So we can just focus on how hard we play every single game. Um, again, like you said, we're professionals, and this comes with a job. You don't know where you're going to be, but you can just go out there and, and play hard, um, you know, play hard for the city, for the fans. And, you know, that's my mentality going to every game. And pretty sure I can speak for my teammates is their mentality as well. So, that's our focus, um, you know, finishing out the season, being competitive and, and playing hard and trying to start a, some type of identity with the guys that we have here. Chatting with Avery Bradley, Grizzlies wing player, uh, scorer extraordinaire since he's arrived in Memphis, really helping on that side of the court as well as being a plus defender. Appreciate his time here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Uh, an article went up in the past couple of weeks over at our blog, Avery, uh, entitled, Who is the Real Avery Bradley? And it was kind of a dive into a combination of the advanced analytics as well as the eye test. Because, again, you use base numbers, you use your general understanding of watching the game of basketball, and it'd be pretty foolish to say that you haven't made a positive impact. But then there's certain analytical numbers that maybe aren't as friendly on that side. I think most fans don't necessarily care about that as much. And, and it's super fans and bloggers and folks like me that maybe look at that a little bit more, but I'm curious again, as somebody like you who has been so successful professionally as a basketball player and you're having real success in Memphis, how do you measure and take those advanced analytics? You know, you hear about that a lot and, and there's varying levels of NBA fandom. Some people take them, you know, for gospel, and, and those numbers are what they are, and others kind of gotcha. take them with a grain of salt. Uh, where are you in terms of analyzing your own game and the way that yeah, you prepare you and the way you develop as a player and uh, and using that data that maybe comes back uh, statistically? Yeah, to be honest, um, you know, I respect – I definitely respect it, obviously, because numbers don't lie. But at the same time, I feel like you can't measure hard and, you know, grit. Those are things that you can't find numbers for. And that's something that I bring every single game. And um, I think that's something that the t my teammates respect about me. Um, I always tell people on the defensive end, I'm not a guy that's going to get a lot of steals or, um, you know, it might not be a lot of flashy, fancy, like defensive stops. But as far as grit and grinding someone down an entire game, I think I'm the best in the NBA at that. Um, you know, I always 
also always tell people that if they ask anyone, you know, who's the toughest defender in the NBA, everybody's going to say me. And um, like you said, from a numbers uh, numbers wise, you know, I might not show up, but from eye test, like um, I, I'm pretty sure everybody would probably agree with that um, when it comes up going against, you know, the best guards in the league. And offensively, um, you know, I, one of the strengths in my game is obviously shooting the two. Um, a long two. Um, and for me, I always tell people, you know, it, it's a layup for me. And um, again, numbers wise, it might not always be the best of shot, but for me, this game is about winning games. And um, that's what I've been able to do. And that's what it, my focus has been going into every single game. As with most things in life, it comes down to shades of gray more often than not. And I think that, again, like you mentioned, if you watch the games, you see how you play. Uh, your your style of play has been necessary in Memphis, especially with somebody like Kyle Anderson being out for an extended period of time due to injury. You've really filled a void as a perimeter defender that the Grizzlies had. We're finishing up here with Avery Bradley, Grizzlies wing basketball player extraordinaire, uh, hopefully enjoying his time in Memphis, and uh, possibly it'll be extended beyond this season. But uh, he, he's doing a great job for the Grizzlies. And and I wanted to get your take on that, and we'll get you out of here on this, Avery. You have been asked, you know, given your size, I don't want to say an undersized wing, but, you know, there's guys like a Kyle Anderson who's six foot nine who can defend through that sort of stuff. Uh, at six foot two, as you're listed, you have been asked to defend all sorts of different body types, you know, whether it's a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, essentially any type of perimeter player you have been tasked with defending. Grizzlies fans are familiar, obviously, and I'm sure you are as well, given your background with Tony Allen. And, and T.A. Yeah. really kind of embodied that same concept. He was an understand undersized excuse me, wing. But you look at how he defended Kevin Durant, obviously a bigger player who can play on the perimeter, and other big wings. And he played through with tenacity and grit and that sort of stuff. The things that you mentioned that you can't measure. Uh, when you're defending players that are bigger than you, like a Durant, do you kind of rely on similar Tony Allen mentality? Is there a leverage thing that you do? How much more different do you have to defend? Obviously, Durant's one of the greatest NFA, uh, excuse me, NBA offensive players ever. But how do you like advance your footwork? How do you adjust for defending different types of players? Because with the Grizzlies, you've been asked to defend a bunch of different types of basketball players. Yeah, it's not only defending. Um, you know, you don't only have to make adjustments with the bigger guys, but with the smaller guys as well. Um, you know, with the bigger guys, I think the key is doing your work early, um, picking your spots, being smart about, you know, your positioning a lot of the time. But, um, again, the the key for me is always doing my work early. I have to let them film me the entire game, and I think that's to my advantage, and it really helps me. Absolutely. One last thing before I let you go, Avery. I, I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't ask you this. Um, You've been in Memphis for a little while now. Any restaurants, any barbecue choices, uh, any places that our listeners can maybe uh, can give you a compliment on or, or maybe even judge you a little bit for? Any places that you've been that you really like? <laughs> I haven't. Um, I've been to a, f a few um, soul food restaurants. I can't remember the names, but I haven't got any barbecue yet. Uh, I hope in Fans aren't mad at me about that. Uh, <laughs> but I have got a chance to go down to Mississippi. I've been to some restaurants down there with my family. I have a lot of family there. Uh, got some home-cooked meals. But I'm a homebody, man. I like home-cooked meals. 
I love Southern food. I love my sweet tea. So Memphis is the perfect place for me when it comes to that, when it comes to food. I was about to say, it sounds like you're going to fit in just fine. Avery Bradley, you've been uh, awesome to give us this time today. Thank you so much. Continue the good work for the Grizzlies, and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Absolutely. There he goes, Avery Bradley. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Once again, I am your host, Joe Monax, and I really enjoyed recording that segment with Avery Bradley. I think that he has great perspective. You know, asking a question like that to uh, an NBA player, obviously at the peak of his athletic abilities and, and one of the greatest athletes on the planet, making millions upon millions of dollars to play this game, asking him what does he think about the people that say that he sucks uh, in, in a roundabout way was an interesting experience. But I do think it's a good question, and Jack did a great job in that article breaking down the eye test versus analytics kind of concept. And, and I think he answered the question well, and it's important to understand you have to combine the two. Your eyes tell you Avery Bradley's playing some pretty good basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies. The numbers bring up some points of concern. Maybe he's not as versatile a defender as he once was. Maybe the best use of him would be on a weaker player in terms of offensive skill set. Once Kyle Anderson is back and Dylan Brooks are back and you have a deeper core of wings to rotate with, if Avery does indeed return, I do think it's important to keep that perspective that he's not playing with a full hand like the rest of these Grizzlies are not playing with a full hand. He's probably not in his ideal role. But offensively, there's there's pretty clear uh, evidence that he is doing some things that could uh, suggest that maybe he could be that scorer for the Grizzlies moving forward. So whether or not Memphis opts into that contract, I lean towards they don't. That doesn't mean they don't necessarily bring him back. Maybe they bring him back under a different kind of deal. Maybe they try to trade him. But paying him $13 million, it's hard for me to see them doing that. But thank you to Avery. was a great guest. Again, we hope to have more guests like that down the road. Thanks to him. Thanks to the Grizzlies for helping me organize that conversation. Thanks to the tremendous staff over at grizzlybearblues.com for everything they do on a daily basis to help me make it one of the premier places for Memphis Grizzlies content. And most importantly, thanks to you for listening on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, on Megaphone, at grizzlybearblues.com. However you take in the podcast, thank you so much. Spread the word. Make sure everybody out there in Grizz Nation knows that GBB Live is no longer a live podcast. We upload at least once or twice a week. But what we are is an expanding podcast, a growing one in terms of our, uh, our in terms of our technology, in terms of our experience with guests and things of that nature. The evolution of Grizzly Bear Blues Live continues. So thanks to the Grizzlies and Avery Bradley. Thanks to everybody at GBB, and thanks most importantly to you for listening. I am the site manager of GrizzlyBearBlues.com. I'm also the host of this podcast, GBB Live. Joe Molinax saying, "Grind forth, Grizz Nation." Until next time, this has been Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Thank you.